When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman. Welcome to another episode of Unscrewed, where I am kind of barely keeping it together because I'm so excited about our guests today. We have for you Stephanie Beatrice, who you may know as Rosa Diaz on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Courtney Kosak, a writer on Amazon's Danger and Eggs, who together are the co-hosts of an amazing new show, Reality Bites. Welcome to Unscrewed. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. So just real quick, tell me and our listeners about Reality Bites, your amazing, new, sexy, smart show. Well, it stemmed from Courtney and I's many discussions about our own dating and relationship lives. Um, we, were, <laughs> we were pulling them apart on a regular basis, and we were like, wow, I bet you there's a million people just like us sitting there in their living rooms comparing screenshots of text messages yeah. with people they're dating and like trying to figure out what the hell they're doing. So we sort of came up with this idea of like this podcast that sort of unpacks dating, sex and relationships, but in the digital age, which is this new added challenge that we've all got of like, how do you present slash show your real best self? Yeah, how do you determine what's real of, like, a potential partner? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into all of that. But before we do, it's tradition here on Unscrewed to put you through your paces with a little lightning round. Okay. Uh, What has made you the happiest this week? It was my birthday last night. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you. And I have had, like, historically a terrible birthday. (laughs) Like, broken up with on my birthday eve. Oh, my God. Last year I spent my birthday with an ex who I was still very in love with who was like battling stage four colon cancer like just really the oh. bottom of the barrel there. <laughs> oh it's real rough so this year I was determined to have a better birthday and I think we succeeded it was awesome what'd you do can I ask you we had a party at Cafe Birdie, which is a new restaurant in Highland Park. It's super fabulous. It has this incredible outdoor space, it's like really, really well curated, and the menu is like incredible. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend Cafe Birdie on Figueroa. It was great. It was yeah. Super fun. Amazing. Steph, what about you? I don't know. Uh, both of my best friends are in town, which is like really amazing. Um, my best friend from New York, Katie Mellinger, is this incredible makeup artist. She came to town yesterday, like right in time for Courtney's birthday. And then, you know, I've been, she's literally in the room right now. She's literally in the room. Hey! (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, that makes me happy that they're both in the same place. We're all going to another favorite restaurant uh, of mine, Kettle Black, tonight. It's in Silver Lake. We're like gonna do it up. It's gonna be great. We're just on here to promote restaurants. We just. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys are getting a piece of that action because I'm not. We're getting some sort of piece. <laughs> All right. What is the best sex advice you ever received? Don't take your orgasms ever. Yes. Don't. Uh, Help your partner. Work it out. But like communicate and talk. Don't fucking fake it. Because I was in my 20s. I would be like, well, let's just like get it over with and like try to, you know, get through this awkward moment but that's stupid because like you're just wasting your time and his or hers yeah Mm -hmm. like why are you bothering yeah when I started like being more comfortable masturbating is like when I really like learned a lot about myself and what I I actually wanted and people told me for a long time that I should probably do more (laughs) of that but when I finally you're so horny in your 30s (laughs) when I finally like oh my god really got into it (laughs) I was like yes now I know so much more. Yeah. Masturbate. Know thyself in the biblical sense. Exactly. Yes. All right. What's the sex-related news that's made you the maddest or saddest recently? Just everything about Donald Trump is so oppressive <laughs> to women. Like, it everything. makes me so sad. I was just reading a headline today that was like, he was on Howard Stern and he said... 12-year-old Paris Hilton was like, oh, yeah, the hottest thing that. ever. And it's like, barf, dude, barf. This man's going to be our president? No, he can't be. Seems like a chill prez. Seems yeah. like a chill, a chill commander-in-chief, guys. Real feminist. One for the book. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a general sort of, like, hum of sadness within, like, the, the age range of, I would say, like, 11 to 18-year-old girls. I find, like... Just generally, they seem, like, pretty down on themselves. I don't know if that's much different than when I was a teenager, but, like, there's a lot more coming at them, you know? Yeah. Another thing that I think is really sad, uh, Surviving Ophelia. Have you read that book? A million years ago I read that book. Yeah, there's this great part in it where they talk about, like, there's all these young women that are interviewed and they're talking about sex and being sexually active and not enjoying it at all. Yeah. But this expectation that they're supposed to be sexually active and that, you know, well, that's what everyone else is doing. So, like, I don't really like it, but I just figured that I would, like, do it. And I was like, oh, God, that's so sad to me because at least for me, I was able to sort of wait until I wanted to do mm-hmm. those things. I was a late bloomer. Me too. Sexually. I didn't have sex until I was 19. Yeah, I was 18. And yeah. It was seemed like, or like maybe felt a little nerdy at the time, but I'm so glad to be a fucking nerd. Like, thank God. I mean, look, I was an early bloomer, but I had sex that I wanted with a guy I wanted to have sex with. I think the, the, the really scary thing is that we're not raising girls to know that sex can be for them, like on their own terms. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That it's like something that's expected of you. Like, right. Right. Totally. That you're not just like, let's get this sex over with. I'll fake my orgasm going back to your earlier thing. Right. But to be like, if I'm not enjoying this, something is wrong here. Exactly. I just think like being like in my case, being a little older, like I had more skills. Yeah. To be able to assert right. those things. Me too. Uh, what's the biggest sex myth that you used to believe but you don't anymore? So much that um, it doesn't matter with its eyes. It matters how you use it. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> it's not, you know, I just think everybody's body is built differently. 
some people are going to be like a physical match for you in a way that like other people just never will be. And like, you can work around that stuff, like for sure. But I do think that there's something to be said about like exploring whether or not you want to like delve into something with somebody that like maybe it doesn't come naturally. Come come that naturally. And, and I'm not saying that like, it's got to be like gangbusters out the gate, but like maybe after, you know, six months of like really working hard at this thing and it's not really clicking. I guess that's the myth is like, you got to work at it and it'll get better. It's like, well, you can, if you work at it and it doesn't get better, there's nothing wrong with bowing out of that relationship and just right. saying like, I really like you and you're a really wonderful person, but like sexually there's not a lot of compatibility and that's something that I need and desire in my relationship. And it's okay for me to walk away from this if I'm not getting it. Yes. Oh, I hear from so many people who are like, well, but I don't want to break up with them just over sex. And I've been that person in a relationship too. And like, me too. it's not mm-hmm. just sex, like it's sex. And right. for a lot of us, that's really important. It is really important. And it's not just like a size thing. It's like I dated someone oh, no, who like had a sex, it. our sex drives were like vastly different. Uh, oh, like, I've been there. In that case, like we wanted to be monogamous. So it's like, then, you know, someone's always, like, a little bit unhappy. Mm-hmm. And, like, no, that's not the best right. partner and for it, me. And it does it does depend on, like, wait, okay, so can I, am I okay with compromising this part of myself? Mm-hmm. You know, like, maybe you are, but you weren't, you know? Like, no, yeah, and, make you happy. and you have to, like, in those cases, like, it is a lot more work because you have to make sure that everyone's being, like, highly communicative. Yeah. And, yeah, because both people, I mean, I've been in that relationship and both people just wind up feeling like shit. Like, I wound up feeling, like, constantly rejected uh-huh. and, like, I wasn't Ugh. attractive. Uh-huh. And he wound up feeling like I, like he was, like, not man enough. And, like, everybody just felt like shit. Like, it was not good for anybody. Exactly. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last lightning round question. Who is one, just one of the bravest people that you know of who's working to, like, unscrew the sexual culture, make it better for us in some way? I mean, in a broader sense, I think somebody like Jill Soloway is doing, oh, yeah, you know, just like leaps and bounds. I mean, I think the the word trans, like, five, six years ago, like, it wasn't a topic of discussion. It was like something like you sort of swept under the table and didn't talk about her. And now we're, like, in a place in our society where, like, there are trans kids that are sort of able to sort of voice what's going on with themselves. And I think part of that is due to, like, a big hit TV show where like one of the main characters is a trans person and granted it's being played by a white cis male, but still like I have some friends that recently their, their daughter, she's now identifying as a girl and it's been something that's like sort of all of us sort of maybe felt was coming for a long time. And a family friend of theirs sort of gave her this young adult novel that was about a trans person. Mm-hmm. And she read the novel and immediately went to her parents and was like, I'm, I'm a girl. I want to change my name Aww. and that's incredible. Like that, there were no young adult novels about trans kids, like not many, you know, like, well, and that's why representation matters so much. Like in all, oh God, in all everything. places. Totally. Yeah. All right. Right on. You survived the lighting around. I hope it wasn't too painful. Woo! Well done. <laughs> we got a couple more restaurants to plug though. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I want to see some ad dollars. <laughs> all right so uh, let's talk about your show and all those questions you asked specifically i love that question you asked about like how do you tell the real from sort of like the curated and what's the difference Mm -hmm. between those two things like how do you think about that when setting up your own 
profiles on whatever platforms. Court, you're on a Tinder break, is that right? You're having a Tinder cleansing? <laughs> I Yeah, I did a Tinder cleanse. I'm still seeing someone that I met on my last round. And I've, like, been out with a couple people that I met in, in person because I think, like, you're just more open to that when you're not searching for it as much online. But when I was on Tinder, I would just present myself with pictures and a link to my Instagram and, like, not include any information in my bio. You want some of this? Are you up for the challenge? You better ask some questions. Come at me with your questions. Come on, work a little bit. <laughs> so you like meeting people in person better. It's not like better. It's like once I started dating online, I just feel like it's just so much clearer, right? It's like this person's searching this also. Do you know what I mean? So yes, like, exactly. Versus so much more of a crapshoot in real life, I feel like. That's interesting because I feel like it's the same because, like, this person's searching, but until you, like, actually meet them and talk with them, you don't know if they're searching for what you're you searching want for. Kids? Yeah. Are you on that baby track? Are you married? Are you just on here to mess right. around? Or are you, just, are you just here for friends, but you didn't want to put that in your bio because, like, that would be weird and no one would respond to yeah. that? You know, yeah. like, I don't totally. It's sort of the same. All right. I'll be honest. I am like a, I'm not actually married, but I'm essentially, I've, I've been in a five-year monogamous relationship. So I've been out of the game a little bit. I met my uh-huh. partner on OkCupid because there wasn't Tinder. Um, oh. But I liked the control of like being like, no, I'm not going to waste my time meeting up with you until we talk a little bit and I get a sense of who you are. Like, I, I actually felt like I had more control over online dating than like, meeting randos and like being like well, who yeah. are you and what's your deal and doing all that in person always felt exhausting to me and also like the last person that I think I hit on in, in, in public in public <laughs> Jesus Christ I like spent all night trying to talk to this dude and he was like receptive and cool and we had like a nice vibey combo and but and he wasn't stuff like bucks on this a little bit. I hate this guy. No, he's he's actually so whatever. <laughs> so nice. But um he didn't like ask for my number or anything, which I was like, oh, okay. And then I looked him up on Facebook afterwards and found out that he was in a relationship. And then I was like, all that for not? Like wh- what the hell? Exactly. You just dance all the time. But that's why I thought like he was kind of a turd because like it's so easy to just say in the first like two minutes of a of a discussion my girlfriend and I, blah, 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 yeah. you know, like, but you let the other person off the hook, like, you let them know where you stand, unless you want to have an evening where you get to flirt with somebody and forget about your girlfriend, which is, like, that's kind of selfish. I didn't feel like he led me on, though. I just, I just, by the end of it, was just like, mm. oh, that was a long dance for nothing. For nothing. That's what leading on is. Yeah, I agree. I'm with Steph on this one. <laughs> that's what leading on yeah. is. That's, that's literally what that is. Steph, you're on some other platform. Yes, it's either called Raya or Raya, R-A-Y-A, that's what it's called. So how do you think about what you put out there? So on Raya, it's a series of pictures, and it's set to a song. You can choose a song. Sort of like MySpace. Remember that, guys? Yeah, it is like MySpace. I think the song actually tells you a lot about people, like, very quickly. You hit the play button, and the song starts, and their pictures start scrolling. And, like, if it's a song that's, like, super hyper-misogynist, talking about, like, a lot of all my bitches and hoes, like, I'm going to X that guy out right away. So I think it tells you a lot, actually, really quickly. 
My song is, let's find it. It's a brood song called Superstar, and it's a really, really sweet song. picture that I have is my first picture is like from a photo shoot that I did where I'm in this like really pretty lingerie top but I'm also like I've got this like super goofy face and I'm trying to put on some false eyelashes and failing miserably oh cute yeah and and like the pictures that I chose some are very glamorous and some are like me with no makeup on in my glasses I, I wanted to like actually have an accurate representation of what I look like I certainly didn't want somebody to date me because they thought oh shit she's on a tv show that's cool Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So... I once did an interview. It actually is how this show got started. I, I was asking me about dating while feminist. And the interviewer was Amanda Hess, who writes now for the New York Times. But this is way back. Mm-hmm. Love her. Love her. She asked me about, like, my deal breakers. And mm-hmm. I said a couple of things. Like, nothing. Like, if he's a big fan of Ayn Rand, like, fuck you. Um, but I also said, <laughs> yes. like, that's it. That's over. Like, with this no conversation. And all of these men got, like, super outraged that I might hypothetically rule them out as dating partners. Ah, that's so funny. And I was like, I was never going to fucking date you anyway. Right. I don't fucking know you. So my question is, like, <laughs> what are your red flags and deal breakers? If a guy is, like, grossed out by the idea of oral sex on a, on a woman. Yes. Oh, that is, get out of here. Just get out of here. What are you doing in the world? Get out of here. If you're like, ew, that's yucky. No. You? I don't have enough deal breakers, to be honest. I mm. should introduce them more. Uh, it's always like a combination of, of things, but I'm very, stuff will tell you, I'm pretty picky. It's just kind of about weird, random things. Like, are you nice to me? Oh, deal breaker. Yeah. No, that's for <laughs> real. So I'm seeing someone right now that has been, like, nothing but nice to me. And I'm, like, so suspicious. Oh, my God. That's the beginning of my current relationship. I had to have – I was listening to the show you did with Melissa Fumero – who had to have her friends intervene with her now husband. And I was, like, laughing my ass off. He was super just, like, nice and – and I was su- so suspicious, and my friends were all like, Jacqueline, just have something nice for a minute. Like, just... 
mm-hmm. let somebody be nice to you. Right. That's what people have been telling me, which I'm like trying to be more uh, open to, but I got to tell you, it's real weird. And really like, it just shines my like commitment issues right back at me. It's like, Oh, I always think like I date these commitment folks, <laughs> but really like I'm maybe on the commitment. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Can I say something a little weird and personal? Oh, so I am significantly shorter and rounder than the two of you. And Mm -hmm. I've worked my whole life to like really love my body and I'm in a great place with it. And this Mm -hmm. isn't really about that. But I still have always in the back of my head the fiction that it's really hard to get rid of that like if I was taller and thinner and hotter, like my life would be perfect. And there's something really refreshing (laughs) about listening to Reality Bites, listening to you guys just like be really real and vulnerable on the show about – grappling with love and sex and relationships and all of this and makes me feel like oh these are like the same problems that I have had we love to hear that the vulnerability is like reaching people but also like don't be deceived we have our fair share of body and food uh, and uh, loads of issues that we're not unpacking on the show (laughs) (laughs) it might actually come up at some point yeah they're very present behind the scenes and whatever shit looks like you still have the same struggles and insecurities and yeah and it's that that's that whole thing that's like i've done this off and on my whole life like i'm waiting for this one thing to drop and then everything will just be perfect yeah yes it's one thing if it's if the scale says this number if he asked me to marry him whatever it's all gonna be perfect i mean i had like a real almost like a little meltdown after we got the first season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I was like, wait, I thought this was going to solve all my problems and I was going to feel 100% all the time, and I didn't. And it was like, oh, shit, you got to, but now you're going to really have to work. Now you really have to go to therapy. Now you really got to start really delving into, like, what this stuff is because you got the thing that that you thought was going to solve all your problems and it didn't. The internal is what's important. Yeah. The happiness that you find in yourself is like what's gonna then blossom into making your life happy but if you're like relying on these external factors like you're always going to be miserable and and life's going to fall short for you that being said both of us are definitely working on that every day hour to hour (laughs) no and that's that comes through too like you know it seems like the show was born of the fact that you're actively engaged in thinking about this stuff. Also, I just, I love that you guys are besties and are, are sort of modeling that relationship too. Because that's like another love and relationship issue is is our friend Truly. love. And that we get so fixated on, you know, romantic and sexual relationships that sometimes we don't see that these relationships are just as important, if not more important. Sometimes the most important relationships in my life. And like, I'm very concerned with, us being able to sustain it and yeah. like nurture it and like have it be a healthy thing and like behind the scenes we're working on that stuff too yeah there's like a sex in the city thing where it's like maybe your best friends are your soulmate oh, yeah, yeah. which is like yeah I'm looking for that in a man eventually and whatever but like even when I find that like I still want this to yeah. be like such an important part of my life my so. female friendships are some of the most important relationships I've ever had, and yeah. I cultivate them with care. I go after female friends, like, <laughs> like in an aggressive way sometimes. They're like, whoa. But I think that's really important. And I did spend a lot of my adulthood 
no one made me do this, but I was like sort of catering to the relationships that I was in mm-hmm. instead of seeking out all these female friends. And like toward the end of my last relationship, I definitely was seeking ladies out more to be friends with. It is so important. And it is affected digitally too. So let's talk tech a little because your show isn't just about like sex and love. It's about tech, right? So yeah. what do you love about what tech brings to your dating and sex life and what are you loathing? I loathe and love the exact same thing, which is the ability to keep someone a little bit at arm's length. In dating right now, a lot of it happens over text. You flirt over text. You communicate about where you're going to meet up over text. You rehash what happened the night before over text. And there's an element of that that's really great, which is like, I can do that on my time when I'm not busy. I can pick up the phone and sort of address you like when I have the time to do it. But there's also an element of that that's not great, which is like, I'm literally keeping some people at arm's length because I've got other stuff going on, but also maybe because I'm scared to fully engage. Like I'm scared to sort of fully throw myself at the thing because I'm scared that like, it's going to be too much for them. They're going to like bail. I like them, you know, that's not what I thought you were going to say because she's the queen of put your phone away. Oh yeah. (laughs) Which like is, I am the queen of put your phone away. (laughs) Like to my detriment sometimes. No, it's it's not rude. It's so good. I was really like kind of anti-social media, especially when people started to get smartphones and it started to be like just all the time. Cut to Courtney with her head in her phone. Yeah. I've become (laughs) more friendly to it now, but just the constant bombardment of like text, social media updates, emails, just like all that accessibility and people being able to reach you all the time. To me, it's like, I need some time to like process full-length thoughts and like have interactions that don't involve any tech elements at all. Like sometimes I just want to feel more disconnected, but not in a negative way. You want time to have thinks, yes, and feels. Especially as a writer. Yeah, Oh, it's just something that you have to make such a conscious effort of now. You have to really make a decision to, like, remove yourself from it sometimes. I have a friend who it's been a real point of contention in their actual romantic relationship because her partner became increasingly frustrated with her because she was always on her phone, like, constantly on Mm. her phone. She would argue with him that, like, it was for her career and it was for, like, her branding and stuff, and, like, she really needed to be doing that. But, like, I think for him it was don't you want to be engaged with me? And that's a really, that's a real question. Like, don't you want to be engaged with that person sitting across from you? Do you not want to be engaged? Why not then? Right. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Also, do you all get nasty, horrible shit said to you on social media? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Nonstop. Yeah. I just mute people. It's fun. Mute, mute, mute. (laughs) It doesn't get to you? I mean, sometimes, sure. Like, of course, I'm a human being. Like, I have feelings, and I most human beings want other human beings to like them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, it, it's usually just, like, a moment of, like, ow, and then I mute, and then they're gone forever, and I don't have to worry about them ever again. But, like, thankfully, I haven't had anything, like, super ugly other than, like, unsolicited dick pics. Those are disgusting, but, like... <sighs> It's just like, why use humanity like this? Just like, dudes, just a message to penis havers, like, it's not that impressive once you've seen some, like, each individual penis, like, put it away. I really don't care. My favorite was, I have it set so that on Instagram, I don't see messages other than from people that I know. But once in a while, I'll, like, go back through, like, 
um, unsolicited messages just to see if there's like a fan or something that says something really sweet or, you know, and I was going through someone, <laughs> there was one that was like, just a barrage of like, Hey, I love that you on the show. Hey, I think you're so pretty. Hey, do you ever answer these? Fuck you. You cunt. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Wow. It just turned so fast. I feel bad for young men sometimes because they've really been socialized in this way of like, they've watched all these romantic comedies where like, if they say and do the right thing, they get the girl. And it's like, no, nobody owes you anything. Mm -hmm. Like you can say and write, do the right thing all day long. And if I don't like you, I'm not going home with you. And you you still have a responsibility to be decent at the end of that. Yeah. So like check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. It seems like things are maybe starting to change. I mean, even just having Mm -hmm. you guys being openly feminist and having this feminist podcast as women operating in Hollywood and we're talking about Jill Soloway and obviously like Shonda Rhimes and Ava DuVernay and like I feel like it's becoming at least a lot cooler to be feminist in Hollywood and especially on TV I feel like there's a lot more content that doesn't hate women (laughs) dude I truly love working for Andy Samberg because he's such a banging feminist it's amazing he thinks about that stuff nonstop, and like he's so good at just even just like changing slight wording in a scene so that it when you look at the scene again it's coming off as a, a much more feminist slant i'm so grateful to be working for somebody like him because like he thinks about it all the time i mean he was raised in the bay area by like a couple of hippy dippy feminists too so like he identifies that way which is awesome so does his wife i hope that it's becoming cooler representation is so important yeah like the more female creators that we see then the more like we normalize all these like different points of view that women can have and like oh they can be all these different kinds of ways and like they're not just like a token hot babe right we have kind of amazing feminist producers on our show too but i was giving uh our producer brent a ride home like two days ago and he was like so open and just cool about the whole conversation but just like no I was not begging this conversation but he was like do you think like sexism is actually like really making some solid change or is it just that we're like talking about it now and it's like about to change and I was like yeah the work's not done but it's the fact that we are are, like having these conversations and talking about it now is like raising this awareness right that allows us to change. And like for little girls, like we're kind of indoctrinated in like the way that we grew up. But like for little girls now, they have like a woman running for freaking president. Yeah. You know, like there's like Barbie has different bodies now. Lena Dunham is like a creator that they can be like, yeah. Oh, I don't have to look like a waif to like fit in. You know, I can be a badass and be my regular body type. Right, Melissa McCarthy is like one of the biggest box office stars out there right now. Yeah, pretty dope. And the more that we see that, the like the more that girls are going to grow up and know that that's okay and men will accept it and it's just a circle that'll keep getting better and better until sexism is actually like less of an issue yeah speaking of which Steph before we go can you tell me about In the Light of the Moon the story is written by Jessica Thompson who also directed it she's a writer director she's just a really dope amazing Australian woman living in New York the the genesis of it was that she actually has a couple friends who um, were sexually assaulted and she kept sort of turning their stories over and over in her mind and decided to write this movie and it's about this young woman Bonnie who 
lived in New York, uh, lives in Brooklyn, and sort of was just like a regular young woman like the three of us. And one night after work, she goes out and is like, you know, partying with her friends, as you do. She's about three blocks from her apartment, so she decides to just walk home. And on her walk home, she's like assaulted and violently raped. The whole movie is sort of about the aftermath of that and like what your life becomes after something like that happens to you. Are you just a victim now? Like, who do you get to be? It's mostly just Bonnie sifting through that and trying to figure out what her relationships are, what her friendships are going to be like, what her love relationship is, who she is. I've seen a cut of it, and it's going to be, like, gorgeous. And I think what's awesome about it is that, like, we don't see a lot of these stories, especially told from a woman's point of view, and that was ushered through the whole process by a woman and, like, just really humanizes the whole experience. Mm Mm-hmm. It was really important to Jessica to have a female DP on the show, director of photography, Mm. because she had done a lot of research and watched a lot of rape scenes in movies. And there was often a very sexualized element to Mm -hmm. those rape scenes. Yes. This story is told from the female perspective. So, like, why wouldn't you just explore the possibility of having a female eye also be the eye that's watching the movie as well? I thought that was super smart of Jessica. The scene is super hard to watch because it is just the gritty, like, dark reality of it. real, real. Yeah. It must have been pretty hard to shoot, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was easier, honestly, because it was a heavily female crew. I felt very safe. I didn't feel in any way, shape, or form taken advantage of. And the actor that was playing the rapist was also, like, super feminist and a really nice guy. And we, we had very open discussions about, like, what I was comfortable with, what he was comfortable with. It's interesting talking about this stuff because, like, I'm just playing pretend. I'm not actually living that thing. Sure. So, like, for me to sort of say, oh, it was a really hard day or whatever, is like, you know, shut up. Like, <laughs> you're fine. You're fucking fine. All right? Like, someone got you That's a soda in the middle of the <laughs> Psychologically, though. Yeah, like, if you have a big imagination, which most actors do, and I've been cultivating my imagination since I was a child, you can get really deep into stories. And, yeah, then you, like, go home that night and you think about it and then you keep crying in the shower and you're not really sure why. And in that way, it was tough. But, like I said, it was I was very supported by everyone working on that film, from the director, writer, to the producers, to our PAs. The hardest thing about working on that film was all of the PAs and the crew people that would come up to me later and say, I'm so glad you're doing this movie. I was raped. And there were many. Mm -hmm. And that goes to show me that, like, I'm walking around in my everyday life dealing with women who are keeping this to themselves and, like, lived through this thing and don't really want to identify as a rape survivor or victim. Mm -hmm. They want to be themselves. In, in the world and they don't want other people to just see that and so they decided kind of what to, we talked about on um, the best-selling episode yeah then after something like that happens it can sort of like brand you or take over your identity but you do get to choose who you tell like you do get to choose how vocal you want to be about it and maybe that can bring about change yeah mad process you know mm-hmm. like yeah so anyway that's what the movie's about we're in the middle of submitting it to festivals. So my fingers are crossed that we get into South by Southwest because that would make me so happy. It's my home state and that would be incredible. Or Sundance. Sundance we would not be mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope that you have to choose between Sundance and South by. That is what I have. That's my, my <laughs> oh wish my for you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I am going to be oh, listening. 
every week to your show, Reality Bites. Where Yay! can people find the show? Where can they find you if they want to follow you and your work on the internets? We're on YouTube and on iTunes. Just search for Reality Bites, Bites with a Y. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we're on all the social medias at Reality Bites Pod, Bites with a Y. Always. Always with a lie. And um, and we also like are really interested in listener questions too. So like and people can always write us an email at realitybytespod at gmail dot com. Yeah. Yeah, and Jacqueline, when you're in LA you'll have to hit us up and we would love to have you on. Oh show. my god. Yeah. That's a deal. And you can find me on Twitter at Jacqueline F. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-F. You can also find me there on Facebook. On Insta, I'm Jacqueline Fable. If you want to keep the conversation going, if any of the stuff we talked about has made you have thoughts and or responses, use the hashtag unscrewed on Twitter and let's talk about it. If you like this podcast, make sure you are subscribed. Just type in unscrewed at iTunes or Acast or Stitcher. You'll find us. Hit the subscribe button while you're in iTunes. Give us five stars. Give us a review. That's how you help other people find the show and that's how you help the show grow. This podcast is produced and edited by yours truly. Our in and out music is by the Pink Tiles. And our cover art was made by Nicole Dodonna in collaboration with the establishment who also produced the sound cues. Until next week, I am wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.